Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. And may I just say, toss a coin to your witcher! I am very excited. Um, <laughs> recently I started watching the Netflix series of The Witcher. This is not a review of that, don't worry. But uh, it prompted me to pick up on a game series that I played the second part of and actually reviewed a little while ago. Um, because I have not played The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt and decided to rectify that situation uh, because my brother already owned it and it cost me zero money which is something i always like i've been putting off playing it because i've heard that it's a big game it's very open world and i felt like i didn't have a lot of time to sing into that it's very time consuming but uh, i've kind of combated that by putting the xbox in the lounge so that i can only play it when no one else is here so that i don't just like sit and play it all day so that's a pretty good strategy and uh, i have to say i am many hours in and I'm enjoying it. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it and uh, hopefully if you liked the second game or maybe you didn't like it for some reason, this will, will be a game more, more suited to your taste because it is very different. So The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is a 2015 game for the Xbox One and it's a sequel to The Witcher 2 Assassin of Kings which came out in 2011 on the Xbox 360. Quite a lot of things are now different, including most of the controls. Uh, a lot of the gameplay mechanics have now changed uh, and are completely different, so I'll, I'll talk about those a little bit. And the story is much more wide and overreaching, involves a lot more locations, and the world is a lot more open world, free roaming, uh, and we'll get into that as well. To start with, at time of recording, I am only one paragraph in to the four paragraph Wikipedia plot summary of this game, and I have played for, I'm going to say approximately 25 hours. There's a lot in this game to do that isn't just the main quest line, and the main quest line itself isn't a straight line, it's more of like a series of rambling offshoots that then connect to each other. The plot is thus, and doesn't seem to really relate to the plot of the second game that much, which is good news if you've never played it, but does introduce some characters who I think I would be familiar with had I been able to play the first game, which is PC exclusive. However, watching the TV series has actually helped me to fill in some of the blanks of the characters, so if you're looking for a shortcut, definitely go and watch a couple of episodes of that and it should fill you in quite well. You start out The Witcher 3 looking for Yennefer, who is a sorceress who Geralt is in love with, for reasons entirely his own, because I don't like her one little bit. But he's looking for Yennefer. He's also looking for Ciri, who is his surrogate daughter, who is not related to him, also not a witcher, but has been trained to be a witcher. So she doesn't have any of the mutations uh, that, that Geralt has, or, or most of the powers, because those can only be given to men. So um, she's just kind of an enthusiastic amateur. Let's put it like that. So he, he's looking for both of them because the wild hunt is after both of them and uh, he's worried about that. So most of the main quest lines that I've followed so far have been trying to track down Yennefer, which I did, and then trying to track down Ciri, which seems like it's going to take a lot longer. And on the way you pick up quests everywhere. You, you flip over a rock, four quests come out. Um, so the map that you are sort of dropped into the first area is basically a, a small training area which is still massive. I think it's bigger than every area that you explored on the second game. Um, it's a very efficient way of teaching you how to do all the different things, which are very different to what they were in the second game. For example, now you don't have to make potions every time you want to use them. You make it once and then every time you meditate, you get three of them, which is pretty cool. You also don't now have to meditate to take potions, so you can just take them whenever you want. Similarly, you can put your special monster oils that make you better at 
monster hunting onto your different swords whenever you like you don't have to meditate to do that which is pretty sweet you also now have a horse which is great because trying to get across that map on my own two legs would be exhausting and overall the combat feels a lot less sticky a lot more fluid the upgrade system for your abilities is a lot better and more balanced i think than the, than the, the tree of skills or skill tree in the second game so that's helpful also there's a lot more tutorializing on how to do things like uh, using mutagens um, which basically up your powers a little bit more or um, brewing potions making uh, different kinds of potion decoctions bombs oils everything is explained just a little bit better so it's a lot easier to get to grips with things like that one thing that i do not like you can now swim and swim underwater. I hate video game water, it's the bane of my existence and it terrifies me. There's stuff in there, especially in The Witcher, it's stuff with a lot of teeth. So a lot of missions require you to like swim through an underground cave or, or various other things which frighten me and uh, I, I could have done without so a minus in, in my personal column there but that probably won't bother other people unless this is a common phobia. Please reach out if you also suffer with unnamed phobia of video game water. Now in case you didn't listen to the review of The Witcher 2, here's a quick breakdown of what a witcher is because it's not a witch but it is a guy who has swords who hunts magical creatures and monsters who uses um, magical signs drawn in the air to set things on fire or force push them or do various other abilities also makes and drinks magic potions, creates magical oils which make your blades better at killing ghosts and various other monsters, and who spends a lot of time socialising with, which is a polite way to say nobbing, sorceresses, who are witches, um, who are spread throughout the game, and you can always tell who is a sorceress because one, their boobs will be out, and two, they will be dressed like a mad person who has been given access to an Elizabethan dressing up box. Yennefer, for example, wears like a kind of black puffy sleeved jacket, a pair of black stockings, big boots, and basically nothing else. She needs pants. She's riding a horse. That's gonna chafe. So far, this game has had a lot of magical stuff in it. We've seen a lot of witch characters, a lot of characters with magical powers. So, for example, even in the, in the short part of the plot that I have covered, we have met Yennefer who is a sorceress. We've also met uh, a lady called Kira, who is also a sorceress. Uh, we've gone to see three witches, the crones of Crookback Bog, which sounds cool. Uh, and, and, and we've been there and seen them. We've also been to Kira's weird pocket dimension magic house, which was great and which I heartily enjoyed. And we visited a guy called Pella, who is basically a kind of folk magician who wears a necklace made of chicken feet. We also helped him to perform a ritual to summon ghosts, which was pretty cool. Uh, we've been given a magic lantern that helps us to see ghosts. Also fun. Uh, so there's just a lot of, of magical uh, stuff in there, as well as an actual look at real creatures that exist in mythology. For example, like a cockatrice, which I've, I've just fought, uh, and various other like small creatures from folklore, which is always really interesting. Added to this... The game looks gorgeous. Like, I was kind of impressed with the second game. It looked quite good for an Xbox 360 game. The Xbox One Witcher 3 version of the game looks so beautiful. 
it's like better than reality i've spent quite a long time just riding my horse aimlessly through the trees listening to the whip back and forth in the wind listening to the rain watching herds of deer just run through the grasslands picking flowers and shoving them in my pockets to make potions with just going about to the little villages and seeing all these different people because all of the villages are like populated by villagers and you can see them like going about their business sweeping up the village there's geese that like run through the village sheep cats which do not like me cats hate witches i don't know what that's about but they hiss at you it's just great it's like being in a, a, a perfect simulation of this like fantasy medieval world and to be honest i would happily holiday there like just ride around all day sometimes you do get attacked by monsters but you know you can't have everything in life so basically what we have is a really good looking game that's fun to play um, because the combat as i said is a lot improved on the first game it's a lot more fluid now and just it kind of works better and a lot of the game mechanics are better explained so that you can enjoy them and have more fun the story as well i find pretty good i mean obviously the game makes some attempt to explain who Yennefer is and who Ciri is and you do get to play as Ciri occasionally just to sort of see flashbacks of what she was doing as you kind of try and catch up with her. It doesn't really help that much. Um, most of my experience of Yen as a character and, and Ciri is from the TV series. You could also then look them up on the wiki and uh, like read their previous story or watch a playthrough of the first game which might explain it or you might be one of the people who have read the books in the series in which case you'll know everything uh, so that would help as well but uh, i really really wish that they would do a, a remastered console release of the first game just so that i could actually play it and then know the story from the beginning it seems like kind of a weird choice to have these wider console releases of other games in the series when we, we can't play the first one so the difficulty in, in catching up with that story is probably a minus and it might bother some people although um, you do meet characters who if you've played the second game you'll know who they are uh, so even if you have only played the second one you will know some of the people like Triss for example who is my favourite sorceress um, from the second game uh, you meet her as well I mean that, that's kind of a payoff if you have played the second game that you'll know some of what's going on also the sheer scope of the game the sheer size of it can be a little bit frightening um there's a lot of like things on your map like question marks that you go to them and they turn out to be like a village in peril or a monster nest that you have to defeat the, but the map is so big i'm currently in the second area of, of velen and according to my brother who has played the game before that's not even the biggest area of the game but I've been there for about 20 hours and I haven't done everything. So if you're kind of a completionist, if you kind of get a little bit boggled and you don't know where to start, um, it, it, it can be a little bit overpowering at times, just like not knowing what to go and do next. Your quest log is pretty good. Once you've picked up quests, it sort of separates them into like Witcher contracts where you're just going to go hunt a monster, actual side quests, uh, treasure hunts where you're just going to go and loot a specific object. And, and get different things and then main quests as well uh, which break down into manageable smaller chunks and you can do part of a main quest and then go off and do something else so th there's a lot of freedom in how you play it and you don't have to do all the side quests you can kind of pick and choose and it does my favorite thing which is tell you what level that you should probably be to do the side quests so you don't accidentally 
stumble into one that is impossible. Kind of a central theme to the plot of this game as well is witch hunts. You meet witch hunters quite frequently. Um, the city that I've just gone to, which I think is called Novigrad, um, is being occupied sort of by witch hunters. They're burning a lot of witches. So themes of like magic and magical creature persecution are at the forefront of this game and were woven into the plot. So I think hopefully that the, the inclusion of, of witches and sorceresses uh, and magical beings will be something that we see more of in this plot, which is really cool and which I'm really looking forward to. So overall, I think if you enjoy games where you can play as a, as a magical character with magical abilities and if you enjoy stories which have a lot of myth and magic and witches in them, this is going to be a great game for you, uh, especially if you found the controls of the second one clunky and difficult to get to grips with, which I'm right there with you. The Witcher 3 also has a story only difficulty setting, which I am currently on because I like a good story, um, which makes the gameplay a lot easier. So you can enjoy exploration and story and meeting the characters without worrying about necessarily getting fucking owned by every monster that crawls out of a bog to have a go, which is always nice. And if you've watched the TV series on Netflix, you'll know a bit about the characters. So I think it'd be nice for people who are like fans of that. You'll be playing a game with characters who you know and recognise uh, from the series. Um, unlike in the, in the second game where there aren't that many that you would actually know of. And I think the second one also relies a lot more on the plot of the first one. Whereas this one kind of stands on its own a little bit more. So I can understand why some people... Um, say this is their favourite one in the series or this is the only one that they've played because it's the one with the most wide appeal. Uh, so I definitely recommend it uh, and uh, playing it and it's just such a beautiful game to look at and the story is also quite deep and interesting. I will trigger warn because it's quite a gory game and also because many of the main quests deal with issues like um, abuse um, and uh, miscarriages and various other like not very pleasant subjects which might be a little bit triggering for people if they go in unaware of that but basically if it's something that you think might happen to a character in Game of Thrones it probably happened to someone in this game like there's a lot of quite gritty and dark stuff in there as well so maybe not one for more sort of younger or more sensitive viewers but um still a, a really good game and one that I'm currently enjoying a lot I have the two DLC packs for it, which are Heart of Stone and Blood and Wine. I haven't done those yet because they are higher level than I am now by a lot, like 20 levels. Um, so uh, I will be getting into those later. But my understanding is that there are um, fairy tale themes in those and also vampires. So uh, I'm looking forward to that immensely. And uh, I might do another episode just to catch you up on that. In the meantime, let me know if you're enjoying the TV series of The Witcher currently, if you've read the books and uh, recommend them because I've been meaning to get into those, and if you're enjoying uh, either of The Witcher games or even the first one, like let me know if that's good or if you know anything about console release coming, I'll be happy to hear from you. But in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye! <laughs>